Welcome to the Tomination Time podcast. I normally stream diet and fitness on Twitch with my waifu Helen. These podcasts will be edited portions of the stream. We'll go over diet, fitness, motivation, ergonomics, and more. Don't forget to follow us on twitch.tv slash Tomination Time and leave your notifications on for when we go live. Welcome. We got Grizzly Ben here. Ben does some gaming streams. Very nice, wholesome guy. That's, I mean, like, he's such a kind guy. And that beard is just, oh my, that's such an amazing beard. So Ben is here. We're going to be talking about, uh, actually, Ben, why don't you just, let's, let's keep, I want to keep this very open-ended. Uh, what do you want to talk about today? Uh, mostly, I've just gone through, like, a crazy amount of life change in, like, the last five, six years. Uh, I went from working factory jobs. I live in Wisconsin. There's not a lot of, uh, not a lot of like most of the people that live here forever that don't go to college and move away either end up working in factories or doing laborious jobs like that. Lots of factories around. So I've worked at many different factories and before my car accident, which is going to be a pretty pivotal, pretty pivotal, uh, point of the conversation. I was working at a distribution center throwing like 30,000 boxes a weekend, about 10,000 a day for three days. And then uh, I was just like eating whatever I wanted and burning so many calories just through that and other jobs being on my feet and stuff. Like diet has never been something that I had to worry about. So um, throughout the last like five years since my accident, or like five and a half, um, I have just packed down weight like crazy amounts of weight. And I guess I'm busy and I don't have a lot of time to dedicate to just like, I can't just walk for two hours a day. I just don't have the time for it. I need to figure out some sort of uh, intense calorie burning workout to that doesn't aggravate my injuries from my car accident that uh, will make up for the fact that I sit for eight hours or nine hours a day. Can you tell me more about your accident? So my in my car accident, um, what was going on was I was coming on a divided highway towards town, and there was a lady coming on the other side of the highway, and uh, she took a left. It was a divided highway. She took a left in front of me and didn't see me, and I hit her straight on, going about uh, between 50 and 60 miles an hour. And so 55 what the, and 60 miles an hour. What are the implications so, of that accident? Like how does it, what, what, what was what, injured and how does that impact you today? What happened was I saw her pulling out and went to press the brakes and in lifting my foot off the gas, I brought my knee up. So when we impact, uh, my knee hit the dashboard, like where my keys kind of were dangling down. If you can imagine that. And that whole part of the dash, my keys and everything were just covered in blood. My knee hit that like really hard. And that fractured my patella and my femur, tore all the tendons of my knee. And uh, I had a bunch of like air bubbles and like bone pieces and stuff in my my knee. And uh, that caused me to be completely unable to walk for about six months. And then through physical therapy and, you know, exercising and stuff again, I, I got almost full range of motion back. Um, but, uh, it still causes me pain to this day. Like if I go up, 
I could probably go up like a flight of steps or be walking around the mall and whatever and be fine. But through the extra weight that I put on and just the fact that it's all scar tissue kind of running everything at this point, it's uh, it just causes me pain if I'm doing any sort of like intense cardio, stairs, anything like that, anything with impact. So that sounds it was like a that. lot, man. That's like a, a yeah. big, heavy burden to carry. Oh, yeah. And through that, that's why I transitioned into working for a health insurance company at a desk, which then led me to Twitch to find something to do to pass my time, like all of you guys that are watching at work right now. And uh, then I was like, I could do that. So then I just started streaming. And the, the rest is kind of history, so they say. But Yeah, so, so yeah. what kinds of exercises can you do and not do? You, you kind of touched on this, but I, I'm sure you've probably – You've probably experimented more with this. Uh, so mm -hmm. can you lead us through some things you can and can't do? So <clears throat> a lot of the like super low impact stuff, like the things that you can kind of do for hours, like I can bike, I can do the elliptical with zero resistance uh, fairly well as long as I don't start going too fast. Um, uh, I can do weightlifting, but the doctor recommended not overly exerting my legs, not mm -hmm. doing like extensions you yeah. know because puts a lot of pressure on your knee itself um so i i guess like my go-to prior to the accident was just like the elliptical like super high resistance just kind of chugging through using my arms and upper body muscles to keep it going as well and now i just like can't do it after like 10 minutes i can start to feel like a tightness kind of like in my knee mm -hmm. and then after that then it goes into like the pain aspect of it and uh it just sucks you know yeah um tell me more about your day because i know you mentioned you're a busy guy sure my day is like super scripted very scheduled uh monday through friday i wake up at about 6 30 my alarm goes off at 6 25 i get up my wife has already gotten up and started getting ready for work I get my son out of bed, uh, get him breakfast. Um, you know, I generally fill up my water bottle. I picked up this water bottle nice. on Black Friday sale. It's got a bunch <laughs> of times on it. It's a gallon. So I fill up my water bottle, finish down to the 7 a.m. mark by 7 a.m. Um, and then normally eat like a super, super light breakfast, uh, whether it's just like a cup of cottage cheese or... Um, if my wife happens to make breakfast, like eggs and like sausage or bacon, um, but something that's not like super, super heavy. I don't really like eating in the morning. And then uh, I sit down, work on stream stuff for about an hour and a half after they leave for work uh, and daycare. And then that's typically when I'm answering emails, like adjusting stuff on my bot, uh, checking out other streams as well. Obviously, that's an important part of what we do is networking and, and such. So um, installing games, getting OBS ready, yada, yada. And then I stream from 9 a.m. my time until 6 p.m. So that's a nine-hour chunk. Um, and then when I get done with that at 6 p.m., my wife is typically home, has dinner going, and uh, this last year has actually been pretty good. I've lost about 10 pounds since the beginning of the year, just with some nice. diet changes and um, 
my wife and I have started doing a little bit of exercising, actually using the elliptical that we bought, which is unheard of <laughs> to use your own cardio equipment. And, uh, and yeah, we eat dinner, give the kid a bath. He goes to bed at, uh, about between seven and eight. And then I have a couple hours to do whatever, you know, uh, like I said, lately, my wife and I have been doing some more working out actually, cause she's been on a, workout kick too, which helps mm-hmm. because then it's like, we just bought a TV for our gym, which yeah. is basically an elliptical, a bench. And then, uh, I have like an, your typical like Olympic weight set, but instead of the bench, I got two dumbbells instead. Okay. Since I'm working out at home, I don't want to have to worry about not being able to lift it myself and mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's so, fine. okay. Um, and then go to bed and then repeat. That's pretty much my week. So what is it that you want to get out of this conversation today? What are you looking for? I guess I just, I'm looking for a way to get a high calorie burning exercise without having to put a lot of stress on my knee. Mm. Because... I really, I really don't eat a ton, honestly. Like I've been documenting it since the yeah. beginning of this year. I eat somewhere between like thirteen hundred and eighteen hundred calories a day, and I just feel like my metabolism is just ground to a complete stop. And it's just like a, an, a like lack of exercise. I think I just don't do anything. So, uh, do you? Know I need to figure your, out a way to your maintenance calories is by any chance. Not like, I mean, I know what the app says that it is, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem to be, it doesn't seem to be right. Like I said, I've lost like 10 pounds since the beginning of the year. So yeah. that 13 to 1800 calories plus working out is having me lose weight. But if I had to guess, it'd be somewhere around like the just under 2000 mark. Okay. Let's, let's check really quick. Um, Cause I think this is a useful exercise to, to go through this. Um, what is, if you don't mean asking any of this information, if you don't want to, if you don't want to fill in any of it, let me know. No, it's <clears throat> but, um, fine. age, weight, height. So I'm 34. Hey, same age. Yeah. I just weighed myself this morning and I was 260. Okay. Awesome. And I'm five foot 10. Okay. And then and, obviously activity well, level is like yeah, we'll as keep, low as it can go. We'll keep it at sedentary. So your maintenance is about 2,500-ish. Uh, that sounds about right, 2,500 calories. So for you to lose weight, the math is here, where if you're eating at 1,500-ish, which is where you're at, should be losing mm-hmm. about two pounds per week. So, which that's pretty close if you go by the beginning of the year. Yeah. I mean, I'm down about 10 pounds. We're like, what, six, seven weeks in? Yeah. So you mentioned earlier you feel like your metabolism is slowing but it sounds like you're losing weight. So where's well, the discrepancy? What's what's going on? I I am now, now that I've started implementing more like working out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to, like I know the lower that my weight is, the lower calories I'll have to eat. And I already feel like I don't really eat anything. Yeah. You know, I feel like eating at 13 to 1500 calories a day is like, feel like I'm starving myself pretty much. You know? I mean, do you have and, symptoms? Uh, do you, do you feel like you're hungry or it's just in your head? Oh, yeah. You think, you think this is going to happen? No, I, I absolutely feel hungry. 
walk me that's through like, that. That's my wife and I's joke is that, uh, you know, typically after dinner, we finish eating and it's just like, I'm like, well, I can eat three more of those servings of food <laughs> and then you just like go to bed hungry. That's, mm. I guess that's just how, that's does, just how it feels. Does and that, does that impact your sucks. sleep at all? Going to sleep hungry? It does. Like a lot of times I'll lay there for, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes or so yeah. before I start drifting off because it, it bothers me. Yeah, this is this is great. I love this. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I'm not, I don't feel like I, I love your situation. Like, oh man, he's suffering. No, no. no. But like, <laughs> I, I like this because there's so many things we can talk about here. So many good things. Um, tell me about your dinner. What do you What are you eating for dinner? So typically, you know my my wife has you know this low calorie cookbook that she eats or cooks from. Um, so typically, she'll either make something. Uh, in like the crock pot, like last night we had uh, some like tomato based chicken soup, chicken and vegetable soup, mm -hmm. which was actually pretty good. It was like uh, 250 calories a serving and a serving was a cup and a half. So I had about three cups of that. So like two servings. Mm -hmm. So a, a large size bowl. And uh, that was pretty much it for dinner last night but on a typical night like tonight uh we have chicken breasts typically either broccoli like one of the steamer bags um and normally i don't eat like a lot of rice and potatoes and stuff like that but my wife likes that so um she'll typically have that so i'll have like two portions of the vegetables and then the meat and then she'll have like one portion of rice, vegetables, and uh, chicken. So, I mean, it, it seems like it's a healthy diet. I don't know. Yeah. So, what I'm hearing is you're you're doing a great job. By the way, this is fantastic. You're tracking your food. You've reduced calories. You're losing weight. You're doing so many things right. So, this is fantastic. It sounds like there one aspect to this. There's a lot of aspects. We'll get to the exercise for sure. Um, is there some suffering going on? with feeling hungry and going to sleep hungry and you would like to address that as well right right so i think we definitely can too um and i, I think there's definitely some opportunities here uh, let me ask you one more question have you ever tried or thought of intermittent fasting or do you know what intermittent yes, fasting is i have and it's not actually super difficult for me because like i said i'm not very hungry in the morning mm -hmm. so um Last year, I went through a kick where I was going, I was eating like keto foods because I just feel like they fill me up better. They mm -hmm. make me feel more satisfied so then I can eat less calories and in turn lose more weight, um, which is really how I eat anyway. But anyway, that aside, uh, what I would do is I'd get up in the morning at 6 a.m., whatever, and then I would drink coffee, which depending on who you talk to, coffee's okay with intermittent fasting. Some people say the caffeine still affects your body in a way. Um, but I just drink black coffee and then I wouldn't eat my first food until like my break around 11 o'clock. And then I'd have dinner at like 6.30ish and then I wouldn't eat after that either. And that did seem to help because I kind of I felt like I was eating more, but then there's still that huge long break between eating. 
Actually, I have one more question. Um, what time right now currently do you eat again? And what time do you normally fall asleep or try to go to sleep at? Uh, so usually I eat at about 6.30ish. And I'm normally going to bed somewhere between like 10 p.m. and 11. And so, okay. Um, so I, I think there are some simple solutions for your situation. Ben, is it okay if I call, just call you Ben? Yeah, that's fine. I think there's some simple solutions, and that's going to deal with moving meals around and, and you're changing your meal timing. I think you probably already know where I'm going with this. Um, before I get into the, just the punchline and give you the answer, is it an option to push your dinner back a little bit or sleep a little bit earlier? If not, I completely understand because it's, it's, it's family-based. Yeah, I probably could. Like, I don't necessarily... I mean, I could feed my son while normally we kind of all eat at the same time yeah. and you have kids right yes yes i do two-year-old three-year-old yeah, so you know you're feeding them while you're yeah. eating and whatever right, and they're right. taking a bite of your food and whatever i mean i could just focus more on feeding my son and having my wife eat and then eat afterwards i wouldn't be yeah this the is end an of the option world. to think about but at the same time it is nice if everyone's eating together as a family so this is really your choice uh it would be more helpful if you close that gap of when you eat and when you sleep that's one sure. strategy that I'm, that I'm getting at but here's here's the bigger strategy i think it's more helpful is intermittent fasting i think actually makes a lot of sense for streamers who are streaming all day and they're full time and the reason why is because of what you said earlier. That's exactly it. A lot of streamers who are not active in the morning, the day, you're not hungry. You just wake up and you're fine to go because you're not like you're not being super active and working out and stuff like that. So your workouts are later at night and that's timed closer to your your bigger meals, which I think makes sense. So the intermittent fasting, you made the comment earlier about the black coffee. I'm in the camp. I, I know what you're exactly what you're talking about. Some people are like, it breaks the fast. It doesn't break the fast. I'm in the camp of it doesn't break the fast. And I'm also in the camp of <clears throat> that it doesn't really matter in this case. Because for the fasting, yes, technically the caffeine that from the coffee, the liver has to process it. So the liver is no longer in a fasted state. It doesn't matter. Um, total calories matters the most in this case. And so what we can do is take those cottage cheese calories in the morning, push that towards your dinner. I think that's going to be a huge win by just pushing your calories to dinner because cottage cheese, fantastic choice, by the way. Uh, it's, it's slow digesting. It's a lot of protein. It's very filling, right? I mean, how do you feel after yeah. you eat it? I mean, that's that's why I said I like the keto type diet yeah. because I just feel like it keeps me full longer. And why would I eat, you know, some like granola bar for 200 calories when I could have like a cup of cottage cheese for the same yeah. amount, like a ton of food? <clears throat> Yeah, it's absolutely huge. Um, recognizing those types of things, those calorie comparisons, I think you're you're on a really good track. Like you you've you've got the basics down, and now we're just optimizing some strategies for your lifestyle. So number one, intermittent fasting. I would push your <clears throat> calories closer to bedtime, closer to dinner, so you're more full off of uh, the same amount of calories. Cottage cheese, we've already knocked that one off. Vegetables. Um, Let's 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 consider a palatability um, discussion. Do you know what palatability is? I'm guessing it's going to have to do with something about what I like to eat and what I don't. Yeah, exactly. Like how tasty something <laughs> is pretty much. Sure. Um, what do you think is going to allow you to eat more uh, food? Give me an example of a, a dessert that you love. 
Ice cream. Ice cream. What flavor, by the way? Any flavor, as long as it has candy in it. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites is, is uh, toffee, but um, how about we'll go with cookies and cream. How about that? <clears throat> How about what was that? Cookies and cream. Let's let's just roll with cookies and sure. cream. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So cookies and cream. Um, let's take two different scenarios. And you said you had some chicken soup the other night, right? So so we'll just right. say chicken soup. If you ate a predetermined amount of food, and you um, a predetermined amount of dessert, predetermined amount of chicken soup, but vegetables you can just fill up on however many vegetables you want. If you ate the vegetables first. And then the chicken soup and then the dessert versus the opposite order. You eat the dessert first, then the chicken soup, then the vegetables. Right. Which one gotcha. do you think you're going to feel more full off of and just tap out on? I mean, I I think I see where you're going with this. And I would hate eating the dessert first because then all of a sudden the chicken soup doesn't taste very good. And then the vegetables taste even worse. Well, let's think about that. Let's, uh, let's think about that. But if something doesn't, I mean, taste, I'd probably feel more satisfied if I had the dessert last. I guess. If let's let's uh, think about that. If it doesn't taste as good, and you can eat as much as you want, and it's very low, low calories, like the vegetables, vegetables. what's going to happen? You're going to eat less vegetables. Are you going to eat less you eat the plus, ice cream first? Less total food versus the ice cream. Let's let's go to this example. Have this, has this happened to you? Where at a restaurant you were like really full. Man, like you're super full, and then out comes the dessert. And when the oh, dessert yeah, comes, okay. you suddenly have space. Has that ever happened to you? Right. Okay. I got. I get what you're saying. Because yeah. it's more palatable, and when it's tastier, right. we will get hungry, and we will make space, and we will feel less full. It is gonna kind of suck to eat the dessert first, and then the entree, and then the vegetables. Like you said, sure. you correctly pointed out, it's not gonna exactly be fun. But that's not really the goal here. The goal is to eat as little food as possible while feeling as full as possible and as satisfied as possible. That palatable dessert is going to drive up your appetite. And when you finish with sure. it, you're going to feel like, I want more. That wasn't enough. More. So that's what we're trying to avoid. You want to finish with it feeling full. <clears throat> Order of food here can make a huge difference. If you have something tasty, I would reorder things. If it makes a small difference to you and it's not an inconvenience, I would reorder your dinners and meals in general to be least uh, most tasty stuff first, least tasty at the end, and fill up on the vegetables. One bag of broccoli, have two more bags of broccoli until you feel so full that you really just don't care anymore and you're going to stop. Because broccoli is so calorie light, it's difficult to overeat on All it. Right. The next and thing, I love broccoli, so that works out perfect. Oh, there you go. Um, the other thing too is, uh, uh, protein to feel full for a while. Cottage cheese, cottage cheese is a particular protein from, from dairy. Do you happen to know the two main, uh, proteins that come out of dairy by any chance? Um, I know like some of them, is it casein. Yeah, or, exactly. Yes. Uh, but I, I can't think of the other one off the top of my head. Whey, whey and casein are the two main proteins okay, that we sure. derive from uh, milk. And casein is the one that is, is basically cheese is, is derived from casein. Or cheese proteins is basically casein protein. Very slow digesting, very filling. Cottage cheese is essentially casein protein in its whole food natural form. Um, another thought, this is optional, but a casein protein shake after your dinner is over, if you don't feel like cottage cheese or you want a little bit more, 100 calories from a casein protein shake, super satiating. It is very – it's like a milkshake, how thick it is. 
this is something sure. to think about for for later on um, as an option as well. Because my goal right now is I'm trying to make this sustainable for you. Because like, yeah, you know, to some degree, you're going to be kind of hungry when you're when you're dieting down, but you shouldn't have to suffer needlessly if there's a simple solution. And that's what I'm trying to get at here. So great. Um, now let's look. Any questions so far about any of that stuff? I guess if we're talking about like doing like intermittent fasting and stuff, uh, you know, pushing that first meal back, then what would you recommend to have prepared during my, let's say, two minute breaks on stream? <laughs> you know, like right now it's for me, like I said, the keto ness of me eat stuff like uh, like beef sticks or like uh, cheese or cottage cheese or a hard boiled egg or, you know, things like that. Those are my typical go-tos, but I, I would love to know more things like that. Yeah. And then if I'm eating dinner, trying to push it back closer to bedtime, if I'm doing intermittent fasting, that means I'm going to have to push up the early meal further too, or push back the early meal further back so, as well. So. so technically you don't really have to, to um, push meals too much. The magic isn't so much in the eight hour window of magic fat burning or whatever is more so in just um, pushing your calories so you feel more satisfied off of less calories. That to me sure. is the real magic of intermittent fasting. There's um, the, all the discussion about it burns more fat, blah, blah, blah. That stuff is minor in comparison to the big energy balance equation of you're eating less and feeling more satisfied. That's the main, sure. the big picture goal here. So, um, in terms of uh, so the, so the exact meal timing doesn't matter that much. The bigger question is when do you feel more satisfied off of what dietary strategies? So that aside, other calorie light foods. So you only have two minute breaks to eat, like to just scarf down food. I mean, I I normally take like a, I mean, I'm drinking like a gallon of water a day. So yeah. I take like four five breaks in a nine hour period. Yeah. Ish. Mm -hmm. Get up, use the bathroom, go to the fridge, grab something. Typically, quick, eat it come back maybe five minutes max i mean i could take more time on breaks but you know how it is right right the yeah. longer you're gone the worse it is so yeah yeah so um i'll give suggestions for calorie light foods it's going to be up to you to decide what you can and can't eat in that time super calorie light foods uh vegetables we got celery, broccoli, spinach, that stuff, super, super light. Carrots, also pretty light. It's getting a little bit more dense because it's a little bit more calories than carrots. But that stuff is generally speaking practically zero. So you can eat a lot of that and they're relatively quick to have on hand, prepared ahead of time. So like you could do that in the morning. Like get your bowls of vegetables ready on the desk and you just scarf it down when it's time. Okay, that's one. Sure. Cottage cheese, that was another one. Eggs, eggs are a really good one as well. Um, egg yolks are super nutritionally dense. They're like nature's multivitamin. The downside is they are a little bit more calorie dense. So it's kind of up to you on, on how you balance that. Egg whites are super calorie light. So if you want to do more eggs, I would consider tossing some of the yolks. I still think yolks are good to eat. But if you're going to have like six eggs and you only keep two egg yolks and you keep all the egg whites, that's very calorie light. And you're still getting some decent nutrition. Does that make sense? Yep. Um... Also, in terms of lean meats, lean meats is another good choice or lean protein. It's just the problem is it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to get in that lean protein under a time pressure because like, I don't know, right. 
boiled chicken breast like or whatever like how long would that take for like you to eat cold yeah like, and, and i don't yeah <laughs> right it's just gonna be not enjoyable it, one miserable <laughs> too it's it's just difficult to actually consume it so um this is another time where i think case and protein shakes would be a good choice or cottage cheese because that's relatively quick to scarf down tons of protein very calorie light uh other food choices that i think are um, good. Some decent choices are high water content, high fiber content fruit. So what are some of those that come to mind for you when you think of fruit that's got a lot of water in it, a lot of uh, fiber? I mean, I don't know anything about the fiber in fruit, but high water stuff like apples, uh, <clears throat> watermelon, melons yep. in general, yep. uh, pears. I don't know. Yeah. Those are all pretty good. Uh, surprisingly, this, this surprised a lot of people. Watermelon, gram for gram, is more calorie than apples. Simply because, I mean, just think about like how juicy and how watery is it. Which, one's, which one is more watery sure. to you? I mean, I would think that a watermelon would be. For sure, absolutely. Like, this right. is way more water content. So if you had 100 grams of apples, 100 grams of, of watermelon, the watermelon is actually more calorie light because it's just more and more water sure. in it. People talk about the sugar, but it's, I, don't know, I don't know where that myth came from. The sugar content, 100 grams of apples, more sugar than 100 grams of uh, watermelon. So that's one of my favorite myths to talk about on stream. But um, uh, m moving on. So oranges, another good option. Oranges, tons of water in there. Berries in sure. general, pretty calorie light as well. Lots of fiber in there. Now, obviously, which one do you think is more calorie light, celery or watermelon? I mean, obviously, celery. Right, exactly, <laughs> celery. So, <laughs> so you know the answer is good. Um, so that's that's one thing to balance too, right? Like, uh, consider the free for all on fruit. That might be a problem. But these are relatively easy to prepare foods. Calorie light, you can just pound them really quick. Get in a quick lunch mm -hmm. while you're um, sure. working out. So. I'm sorry, while you're working, <laughs> working out, um, what other questions? Not all of us do that on stream. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> Maybe you could. We can talk about that in a little bit. I, uh, I actually thought about it, but anyway, <laughs> let's stay on track here. Well, actually, I mean, I, I do want to transition to that. Um, let's finish the dietary stuff. Any other questions about diet before we move on to the, the working out? Not, not particularly. I mean, like I said, I, it's always one of those things where it's easy to do to stick with it, but then eventually you don't have time to cook or something comes up or whatever. And then it's just like, you know, or you have a crappy day or, you know, that type of stuff. And, uh, just the way it goes, you know? Yeah. Then you end up grabbing something fast or whatever, or, and it's even worse when you have not, no offense to, you know, my wife, but it's even worse when you have two people. And then my wife's like, I had a crappy day. Let's order pizza. And then if I say no, then she's going to be mad at me without like, you know, really knowing that she's mad at me because I <laughs> took the pizza away from her or I'll say, well, you can eat pizza and I'll eat, you know, broccoli. And then she feels bad as well. And it's just one of those things. The married so, guys know what's up. Are you guys into saving money? I mean, obviously. Yeah. So. One of my favorite strategies, which helps like, I, I don't know about you, but I, I love saving money and I, something deep inside of me gets excited at the thought of saving money. And so one of the strategies I apply for this kind of like meet you in the middle type of thing is still have the pizza, but we're saving money. We're, we're extending it into multiple meals 
if we reduce how much pizza we're eating in one sitting and just fill up on fucking vegetables and just make it a challenge. Like, okay, we can get the pizza. We'll, we'll control how much we're going to eat and then celery sticks the rest of the night and just like fill up on celery sticks. You know what I mean? So sure. the excitement in like, oh, okay, I'm going to extend this meal that tastes good and have more of it later. That can, that for me, if I focus on that, I'm able to override the fact that I'm not full off two slices of pizza and I want more pizza. You know what I mean? So there's, sure. there's some yeah, strategies yeah. here to, to possibly apply as well. Um, now, uh, there's some interesting things I want to talk about. Uh, we can talk about, I, I want to touch on what happens when you fall off track. I want to touch on the actual exercise questions for what to do at night. And I also want to talk about what you can do on stream. Sure. What do you want to talk about first? Um, I feel like diet and exercise are kind of the main thing. So let's yep. go into exercise. Okay. And, so uh, we talked about the equipment. Let me see if I can summarize this. Um, knee problems, high impact off the table and certain, um, certain high intensity type movements are cardio is off the table too. Like elliptical doing hit cardio on the elliptical right. off. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, what about something like biking? Biking, I, I can do, but I actually had this conversation earlier. I never feel like I'm biking hard enough to really feel like I'm doing much. And if I do get to that point, like if you turn the resistance up or you uh, you know are biking uphill, if you're actually on a real bike, whoever does that, uh, it hurts. You know, like anything with the higher resistance hurts because rather than tendons running my knee, it's just all scar tissue. Mm. So when it starts pulling and when you really start like using your muscle to, uh, you know, propel yourself forward, it just rips at my leg and hurts. Yeah. So, so it's not something that I can do. And this doesn't happen with the elliptical, right? No, it, it, it's the same thing with biking. Like as long as I don't have the resistance turned up, it just feels like the, in general, the elliptical is a little bit more exercise than riding a bike for me. Yeah. And I don't know if that's how it is for everybody, but when I'm on the elliptical, I feel like for the same amount of effort that I'm putting in, I'm actually sweating more and burning more yeah. calories. On you know, what's funny is I'm the exact opposite. I, I get such a better workout on a bike and I just, I, I guess I'm not coordinated enough. I can never feel like I'm doing it right for ellipticals. It just feels so awkward. Sure. So it's, it's just funny hearing it. Cause I mean like different, different people, different strokes, but, um, yeah. at the end of the day, the best litmus test for how much work you're doing really is just things like heart rate, how much you're sweating, how tired you feel. And I think you've already got the right idea, which is basically just push hard however you can to where it's sustainable mm -hmm. and it's not aggravating your injury. Right. So what right. else can we throw in on top of that? Um, bodyweight squats. I'm guessing that's going to aggravate your injury. I, oh, I do. No, I do bodyweight squats a ton. Oh, okay. Because Good. that's like, there's no extra weight. Yeah. You know, it's more like a cardio type thing. So that's, uh, that's something that I'll do just while I'm like, I'll literally stand up where I'm at right now, mm -hmm. watching like a stream and just like, you know, squatting yeah. up and down until my legs start to, you know, burn and awesome. get to the point where I'm like, all right, I'll, you know, sit for 30 seconds or a minute and then do it again. Then it's just, uh, super easy. You know? So if you ever have knee pains, um, 
I'm offering for free. I can I can do a form check for you. So just record video of yourself doing squats from different angles, and I can take a look. Sure. Um, if it's not hurting, fantastic. You should do squats. Uh, you should do body weight squats. Um, and you have some equipment, right? You have dumbbells. Yeah. So I have uh, I have dumbbells, and then I have, you know, four two and a half pound weights, four five pound weights, four ten pound weights, four twenty fives. So and what's the max each dumbbell can go up to? Well, it's like an Olympic dumbbell. So I don't know. I could put like five 45 pound weights on either oh, okay, side okay, if okay, I right, wanted good. to. All right. Nice. Um, okay. So it, which, by the way, I'm sure you've probably discovered this or you will discover it soon. It's not quite economic or ergonomical or, or practical to do that. Right. But that's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they're like this big around. Right. And, right. <laughs> yeah. That's why I only have up to 35s. But yeah. I mean, for, for what I'm doing at home with doing like, um, you know, dumbbell bench presses and flies and shoulder presses and curls and hammer curls and, um, you know, like, I don't know what it's called when you work your back. Rows. Like, uh, rows, yeah. Like single-armed rows. Like you're doing this, basically? Stuff like that. You're like, you're... Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yep, those yeah. are rows. So, you know, like I have a history of weightlifting. Like I know how to do it. I just don't know what the best way to kind of like mm-hmm. burn a lot of calories when doing yeah. it is. So, I so, mean, typically I would be a really heavy lifter with a light amount of reps and just kind of like destroy my body as fast as possible, which I think is probably not the best way to burn as many calories as possible during a workout. It depends on how we define destroy your body. Can you tell me what you mean by destroy your body? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like uh, where you're lifting so heavy that you can only do maybe like max like 15, uh, like, reps and then 30 seconds later going again doing as many as you can to the point where you're failing at doing them and then maybe you do like 10 or 12 and then wait another 30 seconds and then do the exact same thing again and then maybe you can do like six and then i'll either do a fourth set if i do like five plus or i will switch to a different exercise which works the muscle groups I'm working, which is typically I do like biceps and back, my pulling motions Then I do uh, pecs and triceps and shoulders, my pushing motions. And then I would typically do like a leg day, but now that I don't really have a leg day because I can't lift heavy muscle with that, mm-hmm. that is basically turned into an extra cardio day or like a squ- doing squats and stuff like that. Uh, let me ask you, the, that rep scheme that you described, you described that as destroying your body. It, it sounds like there's a negative connotation with that. What's what's wrong with oh, doing no, what you're no. saying? Oh, okay. There's nothing wrong with it. It's oh, okay. great because okay. you can you can get in like, you know, multiple different workouts and get the whole thing done in like 20 minutes where mm-hmm. like you can barely lift your arms. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if that's the best way to make it so that I can burn more calories and yep. lose weight fast. Great question. Fantastic question. So the, um, on the surface, what you're describing is actually a really good idea. You're basically doing higher up stuff close to failure. You're generating more volume, volume is reps and sets. The more, as a rule of thumb, the more volume you're moving, the more calories you're burning. There's a linear uh, correlation to this. Now, the one caveat is if you're doing so much that your form is turning to crap, 
that's an injury risk. If you're doing so much or short rest periods that you are losing reps, that becomes kind of a trade-off. Should you have rested more? Should you take it just, you know, stop a rep or two shy on the previous set in order to get more reps out in the future sets? This is a trade-off that you have to kind of just discover. You kind of have to see how much time do you have? How much can you do? As a rule of thumb, the most amount of volume that you can move is going to be the best thing for burning the most calories. So I'll give one quick example. Let's just say um, you do dumbbell bench press and then you superset that with pushups. Do you know supersets? Have you done them before? Uh, I haven't done that before, but okay. it's where you just switch off between the two. Basically, yeah. Or, you do a set okay. of like dumbbell bench press for like 10, 20 reps, or let's say 15 reps. And as soon as that set is done, you flip over and you immediately do push-ups. That's one super sure. set. That is really fatiguing and it's going to sap your, your chest energy super fast. It's very time efficient if all you have is five minutes to work out. But if you were going to do a 20-minute right. workout, after three supersets of chest press followed by push-ups, how much energy are you going to have to do anything else chest-related, do you think? Pretty much none. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's going to sap your total volume because you did it. You did, right. you did the supersets. You, you pushed yourself too hard early on. Supersets are a great idea at the end of the workout, but I wouldn't do that at the very beginning. So these are the kinds of trade-offs that I would consider. How much time do you want to spend every day or however many days per week you want to do this? Like, tell me your time constraints. I would say if I, if I could get away with working out for like 45 minutes to an hour every other day, that would make me happy. Okay. I mean, like I said before, when, and if you end up pulling up that other picture, I used to run like miles and miles. I'd run like five miles just to run. Like, and I was in pretty good shape, you know, Yeah. that's me with a little tiny baby beard. And like, you can <laughs> see I got chicken legs and little skinny wrists and arms and, and whatever. And it's, uh, it's crazy. You know, I, yeah. I was in really good shape. And so it's kind of, I'm working out differently than I ever used to before. Right. So so, um, yeah, three days a week. So we're to craft because enjoyment and sustainability is very important. Three days a week, one hour each day. We can make that work. Do I think there's more optimal ways to work out? I, I think so. If you had more time, more time would be helpful. Um, but we can work around this. So here is what I think you should do. So just confirm you've got dumbbells, you've got a bench, get elliptical, right? Are there any yep. pieces of equipment I'm missing? Uh, I have a kettlebell. Oh, even better. Can you do kettlebell swings? Uh, yeah. So like, yeah, I can. so when I say kettlebell swings, of course, I'm talking about, right. The starting position, you like, you're hiking the football. Right. Uh, dude, straight, that's straight out from your chest. Yeah. 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 Wow. Mm -hmm. It, uh, those ones definitely like catch up to me faster. Anytime With... I'm adding like extra weight other than my body weight on my knee, it, it like catches up faster. Got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're kind of like heaving and it's like mm -hmm. creating more pressure. But what I'm hoping is that when I'm back down, so in that picture that you guys just saw, I was like maybe 180 pounds. I'd move between like 175 and like 190 if I was getting fat, mm -hmm. quote unquote fat. And uh, so I would like to get back down to that weight. Now, if I'm carrying 80 less pounds on me, then I could probably do kettlebell swings without having that extra pressure on my knee because I'm not carrying that extra weight. Yeah. 
for sure, don't do anything that's going to be aggravating your knee. Always stop shy of it. So if you know that you can do, um, let's say, how heavy is the kettlebell? Uh, it's uh, 35 pounds. Okay. If you know you can do five reps, three sets of five reps pain-free, and it's not stressing or taxing your knee, try that. Try that. We're, we're okay. going to actually craft this out in a second for you. Um, but if you know doing three sets of 10 is too much, then don't do three sets of 10. You know what I mean? Like work in sure. whatever you can because kettlebell swings is actually a really fantastic exercise for burning tons of calories in a short amount of time. And it's also um, kind of like a deadlift in a sense because it's a hip okay. hinge pattern movement sure. and you don't have a barbell, but this is one of the next best things is kettlebell swings. So um, this is going to be, because I, I bet you that if you slowly ramp up volume, your knee might be able to tolerate more and more over time. You got to go sure, slow yeah. and you always got to back off before you start seeing signs of pain every time. Um, mm -hmm. Now, back to what I was to say, um, what workout plan would I suggest for you? Given that you got elliptical, you've got um, the knee injury, you've got dumbbells, you got a bench, you got a kettlebell. I think three days to maximize your time in the gym and to try to do it for one hour, I think you should be doing every every three days, basically every other day, a full body workout where you're going to be doing pushing and pulling and legs and you're going to be doing elliptical. Time is short. So what this means is we're probably budgeting about 15 minutes each body part, push, pull, legs, and 15 minutes for your elliptical. Which one is... Um, which one's easier for you to do, I should say? Elliptical like, or doing like pushing and pulling and leg weight training type movements? I mean, I enjoy weightlifting more. But, I mean, I would think that the elliptical is easier on my body, if that's what you're asking. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of what I'm asking. Like, which one, which one is more taxing or less taxing on your body? Elliptical, I mean, I, the, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. about form and I'm thinking about making sure that you're not so mentally fatigued. Your form is dropping. You don't recognize that your form is falling apart. For that reason, I would put elliptical last, legs first. So that way you're freshest, you're most aware of your body, you're, you're not mentally drained, and you can focus on form and back off before things start to hit the fan. You know what I mean? So, sure. Leg workout then push and then pull or whatever. Which one's harder for you in general, pulling or pushing? Uh, probably pulling. Okay. So probably pulling is legs, pull, push. That's what we're going to do. That's going to be your order of operations. So let me do this here. Let's bring this up on screen. Okay. I was taking notes here. I'm just going to push that off screen. And there so what you're just to mm -hmm. be clear about what you're talking about, you're talking about doing, working the whole body every other day yes and rather than breaking it up into like because right now what i usually do is i usually have like a pull day a push day and then like a leg day and then i do cardio also along with those yes but if i mean you're the expert in this field so i'd, I'd love to hear what you have to say so doing so the question basically is body part split of like push pull leg day versus um doing the uh doing a full body full body every three days right that's basically the question right, right? yeah right so given that your goal is more about calorie burn than aesthetics at this point the reason why i suggest doing the full body stuff monday wednesday friday the higher frequency is because 
roughly speaking, most people will be fully recovered to hit those muscles again after um, after a day or two, maybe three days at most. But I mean, well, maybe up to four days at most. But a day or two later, you're pretty much ready to go again. And the reason why I want you to do more full body three times a week is for, is for a couple of reasons. Um, one is you are you're leaving calories on the table when your muscles muscle group is resting for like seven, six full days before you hit it again. What I mean is you could have hit the uh, your legs. Let's say you're doing legs only one time a week. The other six days you're resting, you really only needed like a day or two to rest. And then you could have hit legs again. And then while your legs are beaten up and recovering, you're burning calories. Also, not a lot, just a little bit of calories recovering and trying to rebuild that. Plus, sure. from a performance perspective, um, as a rule of thumb, if you were to do, let's say, um, let's do 15 sets. If you were to do 15 sets for legs split across three days versus 15 sets all on the same day, your performance quality of those 15 sets in the same day are going to start dropping. You're going to start fatiguing okay. and you're sense. not going to perform like the, the set number, like 13, 14, 15, you're not going to be able to push as much volume had you instead spread it out like five sets over three days. So we're looking at um, we're looking at maximizing calorie burn. We're looking at maximizing how much total work your body is able to output to do a body part split. That would make more sense if you're focused on um, hypertrophy or trying to grow muscle or get stronger. This is something we can change later on. But as of now, I wouldn't put that focus on there. If you were like, you know what, you're already pretty lean and you really want to bring up your shoulders more. You really want to bring up your biceps more. Okay, body part split makes more sense because then we could direct more attention to specific body parts to make sure they're getting the love and attention they need. Right now, sure. we're looking at balancing recovery with maximizing how much total body work you're doing. One other thought, and this is a double-edged sword. Um, one other thought is if you do legs three times a week, this could be easier on your knee. It could be harder on your knee. And I don't know. I won't know until we actually try this. So what sure. I mean is uh, if you did legs one time, one time a week, having six days of recovery might actually be what your knee needs. And so this whole plan I'm about to spell out for you might backfire. And so this is something that you need to pay attention to. Um, right. Versus it might actually be better to just hit, you know, use your knee more often, but go lighter and just never like beat the shit out of your your legs. You know what I mean? So sure. this is what we're, what we're balancing here. Any uh, questions so far? Nope. That makes sense. I was just uh, curious why you would choose to do that versus. Yeah. The, uh, great question. Splitting it up more. Yeah. So let's actually spell this out for you. And I, I'm going to send you this later and we can actually um, break this up even more. So every day, uh, every day you're going to do legs, pull, push elliptical any form of cardio that you can do on the elliptical just do it whatever you can do in 15 minutes to push yourself without hurting your knee that's what i want you to do so okay. ideally in 15 minutes hit cardio h-i-t interval training would be the best but that sounds like that might be yep. too hard on your knee is that right yeah i mean like you said i very much gauge on how i feel that day i mean maybe i was you know, on my feet a lot over the weekend and my knee is more sore. So it's just like when I feel it start tightening it up, I know that if I keep pushing at that point, then I'm going to be in pain. Yeah. So when I feel it's starting to tighten up, that's my body telling me like, okay, like we, we get it like good job. 
and that's typically yeah. where I stop. Okay. All right, good. I'm glad you have that body awareness because that's that's just so huge for overcoming injury and, and still making this work the best you can. So um, going into this, this is not set in stone. I'm just going to start formulating this right now. For the legs workout, let's start you off. Um, can you do goblet squats? I You'd have to demonstrate. So a goblet squat... I'm not sure. A goblet squat is basically I'm holding a dumbbell. So because you have um, because you have dumbbells, you you can uh, work with this. I'm basically holding it like a goblet here in front oh, of me. Sure. It is basically like a front squat in a sense. And this is essentially what you're doing. So are right. goblet squats okay for your knees? Uh, I'm not. It depends on how many I'm doing. Okay. I mean, if I'm doing just like body weight squats, I can do those ton of them you know yeah. like 200 yeah. or more you okay. know but the more weight that i add the less i'm going to be able to do before you know it starts to be too much yeah. so i mean if it's if we're not talking about using that as like a form of cardio which is what i do with body weight squats now then uh and we're just talking about like sets yeah. then yeah i can do them so for the ideal rep ranges for you in your case, I want to keep you around 10 to 20 reps where it's so heavy that you can't do more than 20 reps. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, you can't more, do more than 10 reps, but it's um, not so light that you can do more than 20 plus reps. So the bodyweight squats, okay. it sounds like you can do a lot in a single set, right? Like maybe tens yeah. and tens. Of like, reps, like right? tree trunks. Yeah. So for that reason, so, so there's a bit of a drop off to where it's becoming a little bit too much like cardio and not enough like um, not enough targeting the muscle to get it to grow and to get stronger. We want to kind of balance right. that out a bit. We don't want to be like, it's, it's not practical for you to be using um, dumbbells and doing like super heavy five by five training for barbell movements. Right. It's dumbbells, right? It's super awkward to go heavy. So the, as a rule of thumb, this is not a hard and fast rule, but just for you, what I think is the most ideal is most of your resistance training sets, try to aim for around 10 to 20-ish reps. If you have some exercise, you're doing 25 reps, it's fine. If you have some where you're doing eight reps, it's not a big deal. This is just a guideline. So goblet sure. squats, it's weighted. This is going to tire your legs out. So you do three sets of 12 to 15-ish reps. And then after that, body weight squats. Three okay. by um, 15 to 20 ish, somewhere around there. Again, the rep ranges are not that critical right now. You can feel free to take this and then adjust it as you want. The key is okay. try to progress. And out of these two exercises that I just gave here, which of these two is going to be easier for you to progress? Uh, probably the goblet squats. Yep. And why is because that? Because as I build more muscle, I'm going to be able to add more weight to it. Exactly. Where like I can already do a million. Bodyweight squats. So. Exactly. And you hit the nail on the head with why doing weighted stuff and not going too light is important. What if we talk about what your weightlifting strategies to burn the most calories is going to depend on what? The most total volume. Volume, exactly. And one of the best strategies to increase total volume is to get stronger. So this is why I'm saying let's not do less than 20 reps uh, or, or more than 20 reps. Because it's kind of hitting like this uh, U-shaped curve of becoming less effective. So sure. goblet squats is going to be your bread and butter uh, exercise to try to progress and get stronger. This is where you should be trying to add more weights over time. Um, leg stuff. 
kettlebell swings. Kettlebell swings is kind of a mix between legs and back or legs and pull, which is fine. This will be a good idea to um, uh, to transition from kettlebell swings to uh, doing leg stuff. So kettlebell swings, I'm keeping this broad. And honestly, you should adjust this as needed and maybe even bring this down more for, for how many kettlebell swings you're doing. Okay. Sure. Because um, again, listen to your knee and adjust as needed. Okay. Leg stuff. Uh, other options. Um, add. Hold on. Up here. Add more sets if you can. As in you have time and recovery. Okay. So legs. We're doing basically nine sets. Pull. Do you have a pull-up bar by any chance? I do not. Okay. But I could get one. If you can. Like a doorway one that's going to destroy a door. Yeah, exactly. But that'd be okay. <laughs> if you don't mind destroying the door, I'm glad you realized that because it does kind of damage doors. Or if you have um, a room to install it, you can just install it on a wall. There's 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 options out there to drill holes. Yeah, because I, I probably could. I'd rather drill holes in the wall than use a pull up bar on the door. But uh, anyway, I mean, I could just put it right into the joists of the floor in my basement, and it would be fine. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be easy enough. There you go. So pull-up bars, even if you can do zero pull-up bars, I think it's uh, there's progression for pull-ups that you can do. And you can look up how to do this, where you do basically pull-up negatives. So we're going to do chin-ups first. Um, Google for uh, pull-up progression as a uh, side note for you. This is like some homework because I'm going to guess it's going to be pretty difficult to do a pull-up right now, but we could probably do some chin-ups. Do you know chin-ups versus pull-ups? Um. I don't know the difference, but I know that when I was initially losing weight, because I should go back even further, in high school, I was like 300 pounds, mm -hmm. well, like wow. literally 300 pounds. And then I went down to like 180 through doing a lot of cardio and stuff like that, stayed at that point until the car accident, gained a ton of weight back. Mm. But what I would do is I would just basically do like inverted pull-ups. I would get myself up there and then I would hang as long as mm. I can as I would slowly go down yeah. until I couldn't hold it anymore and then they'd go you yeah know, so those are called let it go. Uh, negatives do that again. Yeah, yeah negatives that's exactly what negatives is you make the easy part hard so and the hard part easy so you jump up in the air and you lower yourself slowly. Mm -hmm. That's a negative. That's one of the best ways to progress. And I, I'm is, I'm really happy you said that because then you already I don't need to explain it here. We'll just do uh, chin up negatives. Well, what's the difference between a chin up and pull oh, up? Right, then? right, right. Yeah, I forgot to explain that. Um, <laughs> it's all about hand position. So a chin up is a supinated grip or palms facing you, versus pull up okay. is going to be uh, palms facing away. So uh, okay. do you happen to know which one's going to be generally easier or harder to do? Probably the one where I use my biceps is going to be easier. Yes, exactly. I would guess. Yep. Um, if you could bring your biceps in, it's usually going to be easier. Not for every single person, but most people, it's going to be easier because you're essentially bringing in uh, more muscle groups to assist. So, sure. um, chin ups, negatives, uh, chin up negatives, three by AMRAP. So, AMRAP means just as many reps as possible. So, let's just define that really quick. Typing is hard. Okay. Chin ups, three by AMRAP. All right. Um, but let me just put in one optional one in here. Optional, also uh, to do pull-up negatives initially. This might be too much initially, but you could just you could consider just cutting this one. This is just throw it in there if you can. You're gonna be super taxed the first times you do this. 
Uh, next one is Dumbbell Rose. So actually, before we do that, um, deadlifts, how do you feel about dumbbell deadlifts? Um, I don't think it's, I mean, it's not like a big deal. It's obviously way easier to do it with a bar, but mm. like I can do them with dumbbells or like, uh, bent over rows or whatever. I've done those yeah. before too. And those are easy enough to do with dumbbell as well. Yeah. Dumbbell deadlifts would be good as long as you can maintain good form. Cause I'm concerned about your mobility and ability and ability to get into position to do them. And I'm concerned about your knees. I'm going to throw this in there, but you should feel free to drop it because, uh, it's dumbbell deadlifts are trickier. In my opinion, they're trickier to do with good form. There's more things to go wrong, especially in your case. Um, it doesn't mean it's sure. going to happen. I'm happy to do a form check for you as well. If you want to record, uh, but anyway, optional dumbbell deadlifts. And you're going to have to unfortunately go heavy with these or uh, sorry, high rep with these because um, with the dumbbell, it's just harder to go at a heavier weight. So we do that first and then the chin ups and pull up negatives and then finish with the dumbbell rows. So this rep range for the dumbbell rows really up to you. I don't care what rep range you set it to. You could honestly choose any rep range. Uh, you can scale it up or down as long as you're trying to you're kind of hitting around the 10 to 20 rep range area. Okay. Okay. So, um, you like bicep curls? I mean, I preferably I just sit here and eat and don't do anything, <laughs> but I, mean, <laughs> I can, I can do bicep curls. <laughs> yeah. So bicep curls, we'll throw some in at the end. These are optional too. Um, and so I'm, I'm giving you lots and lots of optional stuff. And the reason why I'm giving you so much optional stuff is because one, you got the injury we're dealing with Two, uh, time is a constraint. We're dealing with time. So, um, this is more like ideas for you to try and you start pairing things out for what fits your schedule, what doesn't, what, what aggravates your knee, what doesn't, what you enjoy and what you don't. Okay. So sure. don't feel like you have to do everything here. Cause this is actually a lot already to do in a single hour, but we're going to keep adding more. Okay. Push. We got um, dumbbell bench press. Three by uh, 12 to 15. And again, progression here is key. Try to keep adding on the little weights. What else can we do? Um, How often would I see like a progression with working all my body parts every day like this like Great is it question. just when i hit that 15 mark then bust out the two and a half pounders and throw them on either side and then the next workout try to you know start with that and make sure that i can at least get that 12 mark or yeah. whatever fantastic question okay and what you're basically asking is what is the scheme for progression here i'm glad you asked because i almost forgot to explain it so the progression scheme here there's a lot of different ways to progress and this is not this is not a single um, answer for a progression uh, in terms of like, this is not the only way to progress. As long as you're over time adding more pounds and doing more reps, you're, you're progressing and that's all I care about. Here is an example of how you would do um, progression for like the goblet squat, three by 12 to 15 equals you progress, add on weight if you, next add on weight next time if you can do three sets at 15 reps. So what that means is if you can do all three sets at the top of the rep range, go ahead and add weight for next time. Um, that's not a hard and fast rule. Another way you can do it is if a single set 
hits the top rep range, then add weights. There's, there's again, there's no one right or wrong answer here because like there's, there's all kinds of ways to progress, but this is an example that you can work with. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. Yep. Good. Dumbbell bench press. Uh, let's craft this one too. So, so push day dumbbell bench press three by 12 to 15 and then do um, push-ups. How many push-ups do you think you can do right now? Um, probably like 25, maybe. Great. 20. I have no idea. I haven't done push-ups in a long time. Okay. When I'm, when I'm doing like, uh, my dumbbell benches, I'm, I'm doing like 45 pounds. So, okay. so to make your push harder, cause we're limited on equipment, dumbbell bench press. This is going to be the bread and butter one. Try to make this one difficult. Try to add on weight and progress, right? Hopefully you are so fatigued that your push-up sets will be less than the 20 reps. Okay. That's kind of the goal here. Okay. If you make, if you fatigue your chest, from the dumbbell bench press, then hopefully when it comes time to this stuff, you will not, um, you won't be able to do more than 20 reps. As a okay. suggestion, I think you could do decline pushups. Decline pushups is, let me see if I have enough slack for this. Decline pushups is basically you will be um, uh, getting your legs elevated somewhere to make this difficult for you. So you're gonna elevate your legs and you do pushups like this. So get a chair or a couch or whatever. I mean, I have my bench too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot you got a bench. So, um, that's an example of uh, decline push-ups. Three sets sure. as many as you can, and then three sets of normal push-ups. As an option, instead, you could swap one of these out, or uh, time under tension push-ups. Time under tension push-ups. Is that just like a super slow push-up? Yep. Or what is what's time under tension? Great question. Three by AMRAP. Time under tension push-ups is basically a slower tempo. So you're intentionally reducing how fast your push-ups are. So like if you could do, let's say, three a set of 25 push-ups, right? That's what you said earlier. You 25 push-ups. Sure. If you slowed it down to us going one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Right. But I can maybe do like 15 exactly. or something. Exactly. Sure. Time under tension is a tool to make things harder and progress. It is not my go-to tool for a lot of people. However, in the home gym scenario, you're limited on equipment. Time under tension is a useful um, alternative. Now, Grizzly Ben, do you have somebody who's helping you type? Because I feel like somebody's reading twitch chat or you're someone's hacked you uh no caught caught anyway it's fine you didn't catch me yeah <laughs> um but yeah it's too hard i can't not do it like, i know i, I just... know it's hard it's hard but that's okay we're we're um this is relatively I'm simple still stuff. Focused. yeah i know i'm I know. Yeah, this is relatively easy stuff. So, okay, push-ups. so these are options so you could kind of swap one for the other here for these two now uh elliptical and then you finish elliptical so this looks like a good amount of stuff here. Um, again, kettlebell swings and some of these optional ones, you might need to kind of uh, pull these out or kind of swap things around depending on how much time you have. I think sure. you can kind of carve out a relatively quick workout of about 45 minutes with these, the weightlifting stuff and then do the, um, the cardio afterward. Okay. What do you think? I think it'll be interesting to try doing 
the whole body every workout because that's just not something that I've ever done. I mean, like, I guess um, I back before my car accident and stuff, I did insanity a couple times. So yeah. I guess that was a little bit more like this where you're working tons of body parts at once, but that's more of cardio based than uh, true. Yeah. That actual like muscle, like weightlifting base. So I think it'll be interesting to try it out. And like you said, maybe my older method of lifting weights that was more designed to build muscle and get stronger will be less effective since I'm not waiting in a whole week, you know, as far as like the calorie burn. Right. Exactly. And that's typically what I would do is I would do like three works up three workouts a week and I would do push one, pull the next legs, the next. Yeah. And then that was my week. And then the next week I would work out and do the same thing over and over again. So, and you can feel free to DM me. Uh, if you end up not liking something here, we can always kind of touch base about swapping things around because like just to throw out some examples of things that you can tweak, you could change up what you start with every day. You don't have to start with legs, push, pull or pull, push. You could sure. actually rotate this around every, every day and it changes. Um, you could go back to doing what you did before if your knee's hurting and doing legs every three days is just too much for your knee. So these are just examples of things that we can tweak. Um, now, is it beneficial to have a second workout that I would do like every other workout that does different exercises that work the same muscles? Like for instance, doing flies instead of doing bench presses, or are you trying to like stick with complex movements instead of, yeah, uh, you know, targeted movements just because I have less time? Yeah. There's, there, there's a lot of good stuff there to talk about. And one is, um, you're right. We're sticking to more compound movements to maximize I mean, the number of muscles being used so that you're burning more calories. Um, the idea of switching out these exercises for equivalents, like doing flies, for example, I'm not against that at all. I think that's perfectly fine. Um, the only the reason why I don't do that here is because one complexity, two because it's just time. It's hard to to do all this, but it's also just more sure. complex to describe. Okay, this is your Monday workout. This is your Wednesday workout. There's there's good and bad to that, and you have my blessing if you want to just like Wednesdays is dumbbell bench press, Fridays is flies instead. Um, that's up to you. It can also help with boredom. Okay. It can hurt because it's too complex. It could go either way. It's more it's more me asking you if there are benefits to yeah. doing that versus uh you know, doing the same workout and the same exercises every other day. One other thought then um is perhaps after a few months, you might start hitting plateaus on these, doing this exact same workout over and over to where it's like it's getting kind of difficult to progress. Then at that point, after a couple of months, it may make sense to switch back to your traditional leg day traditional push day, pull day, there can be some benefits to kind of break up that plateau and switch things up. I'm much more curious about your knee's ability to handle doing that. Cause, um, okay. that, that I care much more about that because like if, if you can and can't or whatever, that, that just, it opens doors, it opens doors, it closes doors. That's just something that, um, we'd have to think about more and more about what you can and can't do and how your body reacts to these sure. things. Yeah. I was just curious because, Previously, when I was weightlifting, like I said, three days a week, yeah. I would have a different set that I would do every other week just to, uh, you know, do different movements that work the same muscles to work different uh, 
you know, yeah, like supporting muscles and, and stuff like that. But I mean, if I'm doing a whole body workout and the goal is just to burn calories and not get big, so they say, yeah. uh, then I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, one other thought too about why it'd be better to stick with this and not change up, change it up too often is skill acquisition. Skill acquisition would lead to uh, just getting better at the movement and hopefully progressing faster. That's a double-edged sword though, because if you spend forever doing the exact same plan, you're, you're probably going to plateau and you got to change things up eventually. So, all right. I mean, this is definitely a good start, I think. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, what else? Any other questions about this before we move on to another topic? Nope, I think I'm good there. Okay, great. Now let's talk about uh, let's talk about one more thing. Maybe two. It depends how fast these go. Um, doing something while you're streaming, if we can work something in there, and also what happens when you fall off track. Uh, those are two topics I'm interested in hearing more about from you. What do you want to talk about? Um, well, I think doing something on stream would be really quick be a quick topic um i do have like a second portion of my room that is designed for like vr or oh. for me walking out on camera or whatever so it wouldn't be difficult for me to move my bench in there and incorporate something into the stream where like you know hey guys we're halfway through our stream so i'm just gonna do a quick set of x y and z or whatever but it's not something it's something that I've thought of, but I haven't like seriously thought about adding it yet, but I just kind of wanted to get back on track with my workouts this year and like get my you know diet under control and everything and start there and then kind of see where it goes, yeah, so from a content creator's perspective, I think adding in workouts in the middle of the of, of the stream um that can be kind of hit and miss you're gonna have to kind of judge that if it's gonna help or hurt the content sure. that you're making but right because a lot of people are probably there for games so yeah. all of a sudden if you switch into a workout then they leave or whatever but yeah. i mean end of the stream or whatever like beginning of the stream however it, it fit yeah. in it could happen i just don't know how it like you said if it would be beneficial or yeah i'm thinking along the lines of treadmill desk you've seen my treadmill desk right you see me walking right what do you think about that, that's like that? another thing i've thought about that but i have what you can't see is i have like the most badass desk in the history of mm -hmm. desks that i custom built for myself oh nice and um i love it you do know you and i didn't i do they're on my twitter you can go check it out Let's if you want it. uh it's, can it's someone a pin chat, tweet can someone in chat get me oh it's a pin tweet okay i'll pull it up yeah um so it i didn't design it to be raised up i didn't design it to be standing and i've thought about like i've seen like the under desk ellipticals and uh you know the little that's a panoramic picture so it's like nice. a corner desk yeah 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 and then the area off to the right is that area that's uh completely green screened in now mm. so that's kind of like my vr area if you yeah. switch to the next picture so that picture behind my desk there is all open where I could set my bench up and everything. But the desk is really nice, but I have to be seated. Like yep. there's no, there's no raising it up. 
Um, so, like Half-Life I said, I thought Alex, about the. By the way, are we going to do Half Life Alex? Probably. I'll see I'll you in there. Try it out. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <go> on. <laughs> I could try getting like the pedal thing. I feel like that'd be awkward. I feel like I'd yeah. just end up doing this all stream, and then people are like, "What the hell are you doing? Like, why is this guy just?" <laughs> moving all the time you know yeah uh so i think that it would be more of a distraction than anything else i guess um i mean if it's gonna be me healthy or unhealthy then i mean it's a it's a solution you're right in that um it can be awkward and i'm more concerned about if is it so awkward that it like actually irritates your knee is this so awkward that it's not sustainable or it's causing like ankle problems something like that that's something to consider but assuming it's not I actually think it is a really good idea to increase any kind of fidgeting type movement that you can do, any kind of simple activity of just like moving your feet, you know, jiggling your knee, whatever it is. You you have a point that it could be distracting, but if I think it might be worth trying to just add that. I mean, I already do that. Okay. I already like bounce my knees all the time. Nice. Like that's just, uh, I'm not, I'm just not like, it's more of a movement when you're trying to like cycle something. Yeah. Rather than when you're just like bouncing your knees up and down, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing that right now and you can't tell Yeah, that my Good. you know, legs are bouncing. But Good. I do, that is something that I do a lot. Yeah. And that's just like something that I've always done. You okay. know? It's probably good for blood flow too in your legs. Yeah, I, I think, think activity would be good as well. Um, one other thought is you could probably fit a leg press machine under here. I'm just kidding. That would fucking do that. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, I, mean, I, I probably could. But <laughs> um, yeah, I was just reading what Lilla said. But uh, one thought. Like, You're reading chat? I know. I know. Shame yeah, on me. Shame I thought on that me. I was on your... I thought that I was your center of attention. I am, if, I'm a terrible person. Why I was, am I even I'm here? Exposed. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe in the future, I don't know if you want, uh, if you can disassemble that tabletop into a motorized desk. It's kind of a high hanging fruit, so I don't, I wouldn't consider it that important. But long term, for me, I want to also make my desk custom and motorized, so I can alternate between sit stand. Right now, mine's kind of locked Empty. in at stand. I actually. Like I could do that, but the logistics of it would be a nightmare because the centerpiece comes off. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's two prefab kitchen cabinets on either side yeah. that have wood on top of it. And then I can unbolt the center portion of it. And I could put that on like risers that would be motorized, but at I would have to make sure that I have the cable length and everything to Right do that because right now it would pull my desk down like my wiring is terrible yeah so these are just high hanging fruits to think about i don't think it's going to be the game changing stuff so um moving on let's talk about final topic for today which is what happens to you when you fall off track what's going on there uh, what causes me to fall off track or what do I do after me, I fell off track? Talk to me like, when you say you fall off track, what, what do you mean? What's happening? Um, a lot of times it involves traveling because my wife's family lives hours away from us mm-hmm. and we probably go see them. I mean, during the holidays, it's a lot more often, but we probably go see them every couple months or so and that's like a whole weekend of being away of you know eating kind of whatever they're cooking going out to eat a lot and 
you know, you can make healthy choices, but it's not as easy to do, right? So, um, and then it's just kind of hard to get back into it. I don't know. It's just, it's like a mental game. And for some people, it just seems like, oh, well, now I'm back at it and I just get back right into the workout and whatever. But there's a reason that people still smoke. I'm pretty sure they know it's yeah. not good for them, but they right. just can't stop or they just keep doing it, you know? So, uh, I definitely have fallen off track in the past or I say like, oh, I'm going to, you know, take this weekend off and then that weekend turns into a week and that week turns into a month and then you're busy or whatever, or you get sick and so then you're not working out and then it's, it just, that just happens, you know? So I don't, I guess I don't know a good way to get back on track other than just doing it. Yeah. How long do you fall off track for typically when that happens? Uh, typically like a few weeks. So you're, like everything's going well. Weeks, probably. You've been doing things right for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. You have a weekend trip out, visiting family, two days, three days out, or two days, three days off. You come back and then that derails you for a couple more weeks. Is that accurate? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, my wife will be working longer hours and then we're not cooking at home or things like that, you know, meal prep gets messed up or same thing. Like I said, like I I'll get sick. My son brings home every disease known to man <laughs> home from daycare. So how old is your son? All of a sudden I'll have for a week. He's two. Oh man. I feel you. So, yeah. Daycare. They're just nonstop sick. Like every four weeks. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. People don't understand it. Like people on my stream always ask like, Tom, are you sick again? How, why are you so sick? And I'm like, do you have kids who are in daycare? Cause they're just nonstop. Like you said, like they're just diseased. It's just the germ exchange basically. <laughs> yep. So, but yeah, I mean, and then that'll like kill my motivation to, to work out or whatever. Um, I think that I know the answer, which is just, you just have to get back to doing it. Like if you take time off, the more time you take off, the harder it is to get back in, the more sore you are when you start back up. But just getting that motivation, yeah. I guess, to get back in there is the hardest part. There's a lot of different things we could talk about for motivation. Because um, you're right. You're right in that it's it's a matter of just getting back into it. But how can we make it easier? How can we get you that energy? Uh, let me ask you, what do you care about, Ben? Uh, living as long as possible. Why do you want to live but as long I can as possible? Spend more time with, spend more time with my my family. Being able to like keep up with my son as he gets older. Like if he wants to go, uh, something that I thought about a lot when I couldn't walk was like, what if I have a kid and he wants to go on a hike or he wants to go down to? We have like some beaches where you basically have to like mountain climb down to them you know what if he wants to go to my favorite beach spot and i can't go there because i can't walk anymore or because i don't have like the flexibility to be able to bend my knee because i have rods and stuff in there or whatever and uh i think that's that's like the main thing for me is i want to be healthy i want to live as long as possible so i can play all the sick video games that are going to come out in the future that's true that's and be able to keep up with my family and you know my kid and that sort of stuff. So when we think about what we care about and we think about 
a greater purpose, I think that is such a huge motivator. We get this, what seems like unlimited strength, unlimited stamina comes out of nowhere where we start reframing things in a way to where we're going to do something that's going to help us achieve that goal of what we care about. And in this case, what I'm hearing is you care about your family, you care about your son. And I can really relate to that because uh, I don't know if you know about my story of where I could barely walk before. Um, I'm 34 also, same age. And uh, in my 20s, I was basically going in and out of super crippling back pain to where I could mm. barely walk. Uh, I had to crawl to the bathroom in the middle of the night and I had to, uh, my wife, you know, girlfriend at the time, she had to help me put my own underwear on sometimes. It was so painful that like, sometimes I just wanted to black out. Like it would have been less painful to just black out and just not even experience it because of how bad it was. And one of the things that helped me keep, keep going uh, there's a couple of things. One was believing that there was a solution, believing that there was light at the end of the tunnel that I could get better. And the other thing is that, that kept me going, you know, one of the other things was knowing, thinking about if I had kids in the future, I didn't have kids at the time, but if I had kids in the future, it would fucking make me so sad to not be able to keep up with them to be in a wheelchair because I, I couldn't do things that a normal dad could do and they wouldn't understand it and it would just tear me up inside because back then I didn't know if I was going to be in a wheelchair. I really didn't with, with how bad things were and it makes me feel kind of emotional inside thinking about how today my children have no idea of what it could have been. I was, I'm able to just, you know, sometimes I get, frustrated at my kids because kids are being kids and um i just remind myself about how grateful i am that i can pick them up and play i remind myself how grateful i am that i could they can ride my back and i'm not in excruciating pain anymore it just yesterday i was at the point where i could i mean like i could just pick them up and turn them into an airplane and just go flying around the room and that was my goal that was something that I was working towards for a long time to not have this situation where I could not be with my kids and just them be kids and me be a dad. And so that sure. was one of the thoughts that kept me going is to work towards that. And when I felt like giving up, when I felt like there wasn't any fucking hope, I did not want to let that become a reality. So let's do one thought experiment, Ben. <clears throat> Let's think five or 10 years from now. If you did everything right, what would your life look like? Five or 10 years from now, if you did everything wrong, what would your life look like? You can answer in any order. Well, it's probably easier to answer if I do everything wrong five to 10 years from now, I could end up in the same place that my mom was where when I was 18... And she was 38. She was having a triple bypass on her heart because she had a heart attack. Wow. So that was what encouraged me the first time to lose my weight and be healthier and, and whatever. So I've already kind of been down that road of, you know, using that to motivate you. And, you know, I think that 
living a sedentary life if you're not exercising and you're not getting any exercise from your job then you know it's just it's super easy to imagine yourself to can keep getting heavier to you know not being able to go to conventions and stuff and walk around all day and you know things like that that's like one of my favorite things about streaming is going and meeting viewers and stuff so and then not being able to like i said earlier spend time not being able to do things with my my kid would like kill me you know like not being able to go up and down the hill in our backyard to be able to go sledding and stuff uh this is the first year we've taken him sledding and it's been hmm. a lot of fun you know he gets super excited about it he's two so yeah. like he obviously loves flying down the hill and uh not being able to do that is is kind of horrifying you know but yeah. on the positive side if if i can get myself back down to where i would want to be health wise and and weight wise you know maybe i can do even more than we could do right now you know because after four or five trips up the hill like i can definitely tell that i'm walking in foot deep snow with like boots on hmm. up a hill carrying my kid and trying to like drag the sled behind me and, and whatever it hurts my knee super bad. So, um, maybe I can do more things than I can right now. And maybe I can get more involved with like, you know, coaching teams or things along those lines. That I think is some of the most powerful motivation that as humans that we can tap into. Um, the next time you're feeling like you're sluggish, getting back into it after you've gone hang out with family, I would think about those things. If you did everything wrong, what would your life look like? If you did everything right, what would your life look like? And to keep going and to trust that process, to keep doing the next steps, which I think you have the next steps figured out. Uh, I'm actually very hopeful for you, Ben, because I think you've got a really good foundation. I think you've you've already been making progress. You've taken the right steps. You've done this before. I could tell, like, I think you're going to stick with it. I think you're going to make progress. How fast you get there, I don't know. But I think you're going to be heading that right direction. So... Uh, Ben, do you have any other thoughts or questions for me? Um, no, I don't think so. I think it'll be interesting to try the, try switching my diet around a little bit, try eating a little bit later and, uh, see how that affects like nighttime. Cause nighttime is always the worst. That's when you want to like snack and, and whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that casein protein is probably a good idea to just try to get something in me that lasts a little bit longer. So, uh, um, chat, I want to ask you guys, I'm going to open it up for Q&A. If you have any questions for Ben in particular, now is the time to queue it up. Uh, we'll take a, a couple questions, and then we'll probably wrap up this interview. But Ben, I got a surprise for you. This is like Oprah. I am. Is it a car? Yeah, you're gonna get no. a car. No, okay. uh, no, no, you're getting a car. But <laughs> I am. I am sponsored by Legion. And today, we're gonna give you a product of choice from them. They do supplements and stuff like that. And the two oh, cool. that I think would be great would be either casein protein because they sell a casein protein, 
or the protein bars that they use. Uh, the protein bars are also extremely filling off of very few calories. Um, they're, they're both great choices. It just depends on what you prefer. Their protein bars, by the way, are pretty chewy. So if you hate a chewy texture, like think of like a, a hard Milky Way. They're, they're a lot like a hard Milky Way. They taste good, but not everyone likes that chewy texture. Um, sure. They're both good. So you don't have to answer right. right now if you're not interested, but I'll, I'm going to talk to my guy at Legion. We're going to hook you up with something. So that way uh, you can try it out and hopefully feel more full off less calories. How's that sound? Yeah, that'd be cool. It'd be a good, I think that like a quick shake like that would be a good midstream meal earlier on in the day too. Like you said, like, well, like midstream so that it's something that kind of sticks with me throughout the rest of the stream. Yeah. So awesome. that's, that'd be awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. No problem. So thanks for coming on, on, on this as well. And we've got some questions here. So Mark, I only DZ. take beard related questions. So <laughs> he says, no. <laughs> not a question, but big props to you for wanting to get healthier, my man. So awesome. Well, uh, thanks. Legendary Rob Boss says, does your beard ever get in the way of your workout? Of my what? Your workout. Uh, no. And that's one of the reasons that I always keep it as short as I do. That's short. I mean, this is like, not, <laughs> it's not short, but it would be a lot longer if I wanted it to be. But I don't like it when it hangs down to like table length. I don't like it to get in my food. I don't like it to like when you're sleeping. I don't want it to get like stuck in my like, <laughs> armpits if I'm rolling over and stuff. I've, I've never thought about these things. This is so, I'll keep going. Yeah. I want. Plus it just like takes a lot of shampoo and conditioner and things like that. So um, that's one of the reasons that I keep it at this length and don't let it keep going because obviously like it's a super full beard. Like I, if I wanted to grow it out, like, down to my knees and probably get there eventually i mean i can i just I, like to keep it trim and clean you know can i ask you uh what does your wife think of your beard uh it's grown on her <laughs> she didn't uh, that's the answer she wasn't she wasn't super in love with it at first but i did like the last time i shaved down to like razor with a razor she hated it so that was nice. And that was like six years ago. So, so threaten, threaten uh, her with a shave, a clean shaven Ben beard. Yeah. I, she wishes I would trim my cheeks a little bit more, but that's part of the grisly look, right? Yeah. Like, it, it works. Cause I could definitely clean up the, the cheek lines and whatever. And maybe someday. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, Pew Pew says, how long does it take for you to grow like that? And don't forget, guys, ask questions of Ben only right now. I'll do some quick general Q&A after this. But right now, we're only taking questions for Ben or this situation. So Pew Pew, how so long to does it get take? This, yeah. So to get this length is probably like, for me, like a year and a half or like about a year, somewhere between a year and a year and a half if I was growing it from nothing. But uh, it would be really ratty. <laughs> It would like you get split ends on beard hair just like you get on your normal hair. So it would be really like wispy on the ends. So part of the reason that it looks like really full is because I trim it down regularly, like every month. So the whole beard is kind of like the same length, I guess. And you don't have those like split ends and cracks and frays and stuff like that. Another good question from Wooly Bear says, what, if anything, can your followers do to help you reach your goals? Um, well, I've tried like doing different things. I've tried doing 
uh, I've tried like posting my weight every Sunday in the Discord channel that we have. That's like a healthy lifestyle Discord channel and and things like that. And it really is like Twitch streamers would do anything for their community. And I guess just like holding me accountable and coming in and asking how the workout's going and saying like, you know, encouraging me to get back to it and things like that. Or, um, you know, if I end up doing something like that again, where I'm doing like a weekly weigh-in and posting it in the channel, if you don't see that weekly weigh-in on Sunday or whatever, then be like, Hey, what happened? You know, because I did the, uh, two times now I've done like the hot ones challenge with like the hot wings where like my face is melting <laughs> off. Like one of the times I got like so nauseous that I had to pump the brakes a little bit and wait a couple hours before I kept going. But it's amazing how influential viewers and community members are over us. Mm. So if you can use that power to keep me on track, please do. You hear that chat? Guilt trip him. I mean, uh, actually, I was going to ask you a follow-up. Is there a right way and a wrong way that you would want your viewers to help out? Um, I mean, it, it kind of comes down to just being constructive and not being an ass. <laughs> you know, like, you can either say this game sucks, or you can say, I don't really like the multiplayer aspects of this game, but it'd be really fun single player. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, keeping that in mind, you can say, like, Hey, I didn't see your way in last Sunday. You know, how are things going? Or, you know, something like that versus just being like, oh, fatty fell off the wagon. <laughs> you know, yeah. Something like, take that into consideration. You know, there's a lot of like mental stuff and whatever. And so. Another question is from Diablos Papa, coming from a fellow injured with a metal with metal plates at his ankle. Do you think that subconsciously your injury habits uh, inhibits you from pushing yourself further? I definitely think that that's the case. You know, I I think it's the well, actually sorry. Hold on. Been... He, he has more to it. He said he pushed enter oh, too sure. soon. Push yourself further, meaning phantom pain. I had this issue when I finally decided to truly test my limits to work out. I I did the same thing as you did, where I pushed myself too far many times, and then I started to figure out where my limits were. But I definitely think that before that, it did like inhibit me a lot, because when you're at like rock bottom where you can't walk, you don't ever want to go back there. And you're worried that if you push yourself, it's kind of like a, you know, like a running back in the NFL, they'll hurt their knee and then they'll come back, you know, next season. But then if they hurt it again, they're just done. And that's where I'm at. If I hurt my knee again and pull all this scar tissue and get it all messed up, then it's knee surgery. And, you know, most likely my life is going to be altered from that point forward. So it's hard to push yourself to the point of exhaustion when you know that if you push yourself too hard that, or you think that that could happen. Yeah. But. Okay. So I think that's the last question that relates to you. Um, so we're going to just end it here. Um, ben, why don't you, let's, let's do a self-promotion plug here. 
Tell us about your stream. Sure. Can we get a shout out for Grizzly Ben, please, in chat? Tell us what you stream, what you're about. Uh, so I do variety streaming. I start at uh, 9 a.m. U.S. Central Time uh, and stream until 6 p.m. So mornings and early afternoon for U.S. evenings and late night for EU. And uh, I do variety streaming. We focus on uh, just kind of like good vibes, chill stream, respectful community are basically the three pillars of my my channel. Uh, we hang out. We talk about all kinds of stuff. Uh, the games are always changing, but the attitude and the, the community and the conversations and that sort of stuff is always the same. So um, if you're looking for a place to hang out while you're working or if you're looking for uh, a place to talk about the new game that you're excited about or whatever, like the the conversation is very rarely about the game that I'm playing unless I'm answering questions about it or telling people about the the new game that I'm trying out. So All right. That's that's me. Sounds good. So guys, go check out Ben. Ben, thank you for coming. I'm going to send you um I'm going to copy and paste that workout plan and just send it to you in Discord in just a second. Awesome. And uh for the Legion supplement stuff, don't let me forget. We can talk about that after. Okay. So, all right. Sounds good. Well, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you spending the time, you know? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming, man. Hope to see you at the next convention. You go to TwitchCon EU? Uh, not TwitchCon EU. I'm probably... The next one that I'll probably go to will either be PAX West or TwitchCon. I'm not okay. sure. The but... next... So I'm going to uh, DreamHack Anaheim in a couple okay. days, actually. Uh, this weekend. Sure. And then TwitchCon EU, E3 most likely. And then I think the next one after that is just regular TwitchCon. I haven't been to PAX yet. And one of these days, maybe okay. I'll go. Yeah, I, I like PAX a lot. Are you doing, do you raise money for St. Jude at all? I did it one time, or I think. Uh, I'm yeah. down to do it again. I just don't fully understand the logistics. I just, I have so much on my plate that sure. I haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally get that because St. Jude is like the, the main one that I do. But I'll be at their meetup in april as well or march i don't know so mm. that always messes with uh pax east and e3 and stuff i see because i i don't want to leave my family multiple weekends in a row yeah. and stuff like that it becomes more work for my wife if she's taking care of my kid for or our kid for you know extended weekends and stuff so yeah that kind of messes with my spring traveling schedule Got but it. i'll be there and then uh and then I'll probably be at PAX West. PAX is fun, though. Just try it. All right. West or East? Uh, I'm on West Coast. I'm in Los Angeles. Sure. So West is probably more for me. But, like, have you been to DreamHack sure. before? I haven't. No. Okay. I don't I, I really, think... like... Mm -hmm. How How is the setup? Is it, like... I don't know. Focused on... I've never been. Like, okay. I've never been to PAX either. So I don't even know what to expect. The PAX is like TwitchCon, except... It's less about the meetups and all about the convention floor, the show floor. And the show floor is like 10 times the size with every developer and like every game that they're working on. I see. I mean, you can walk the floor all four days and not see every booth there. It's hmm. super awesome. Lots of great indie games and stuff to check out, but I don't know how much that that would equate to you because i don't know how much gaming you do versus yeah. working out and stuff but yeah sometimes we game at night uh, me and waifu but we don't game that much we already have a huge backlist of games to play through like we just have too many games to go through we just don't have enough time sure. to go through them so yeah anyway okay 
So, Bye. Ben, thank you again for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. All right, so keep in touch, all right? If this podcast earned it, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. We're new to the podcast space, and we will be reading all the feedback. Also, if you like the content, follow us on twitch.tv slash time and keep notifications on for when we go live. Feed your brain, feed your body, and we'll see you next time.